episode of The Founder's DNA, an interview series of hustlers and entrepreneurs where we delve deep into the DNA of these individuals to explore what makes a successful founder. I'm your host, Aisha Ghoshal, and for this episode, we have Priyanka Kanwar as our first guest. Priyanka is the co-founder and CEO of Kite. Kite is on a mission to power a new and more transparent financial economy by providing accessible, secure, and modern finance to Indian businesses and their employees. Kite's financial intelligence platform links businesses to a suite of solutions, featuring fully customizable corporate cards, personalized analytics, and modern financial services. So let's get this started and delve deeper by hearing from Priyanka. Priyanka, thanks so much for joining me on the first episode of the Founders DNA podcast. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and be talking to you. Great. So um, let me just give a background about Priyanka. She's the co-founder and CEO of a fintech company called Kite. Why don't we start by you telling us a bit about what Kite does? Yeah, sure. So um, what Kite does is that we're actually we're in partnership with some of the largest banks in India as well as with global card networks like Visa, Mastercard and Rupee and um, we're building a financial platform for SMBs. Um, so that essentially means that you know we've started with um, building a SaaS suite um, to make sure that they can automate all of their accounts payable um, you know, financial processes and we link that with payment solutions. So whether it's prepaid cards, you know, credit cards, so essentially any outflow of money that a business will have, any sort of interaction that they have with their customers, their employees, their vendors and distributors, basically their entire ecosystem. We want to make sure that it's automated, that you know their data entry has been you know recorded. Great, thank you so much for the introduction. Basically, the philosophy behind the founder's DNA is to delve deep into the person behind the founder and discover what the experience is either in the childhood and professional arena and the values that have led them to be doing what they are doing now and what the learnings have been along the way. So keeping in line with that, why don't you tell me a bit about the genesis of the concept of Kite and why start Kite when you did? Right. So um, I started Kite about two and a half years ago and um, my co-founder and I had come back from our respective universities. Um, He had just come back from England um, and I came back from the US and uh, we've been best friends since high school. So we always wanted to do something together because we felt very deeply passionate about BFSI, uh, you know, from completely different perspectives. All of my, um, you know, focus uh, during my academic career has been on research um, in the field of you know, financial development and inclusion. Uh, my thesis was actually one of the first studies of the direct benefit transfer system um, in India. Wow. And then I shot a documentary film during my gap year on microfinance. Um, so my entire life I've been you know, really fascinated by the idea that you know, the financial sector um, holds such great power to mm-hmm. you know, be able to take people up the economic ladder. It sort of forms yeah. a basis of opportunity you know, in an economy. So when we were coming back, um, we realized that the financial field in India had started to open up. And for right. the first time, I think, um, in history, it's, it's unprecedented, you know, but for the first time, two young kids who were like fresh out of college or like in their 20-somethings, you know, 
um, could could actually you know dream of starting a financial venture and becoming part of India's BFSI sector. Um, so we decided to sort of you know uh, build a company in this space. And the reason that we specifically focused on the SMB sector is because we realized that even though there, there was a lot of innovation in consumer payments, but there was very little innovation in wholesale banking. So in the last you know three four decades or more. Um, for an SMB, the only interaction that they have with the bank is the basic bank account that they get. And India's entire fabric, you know, economic fabric, consists of 60 million SMBs that are forming the backbone of the economy. So the idea was that, you know, how do we build like an interesting, innovative tech platform hmm. that can enable them not only to sort of like be included in the formal financial economy, but also, you know, to have access to the tools to be able to keep moving up, you know, to have access to credit to have access to insurance, to understand what, you know, uh, managing their finances means, etc. You had mentioned, um, that's pretty cool, the fact that you mentioned that you did a documentary on microfinancing. Yeah. What was that about? That's so cool. I was actually, um, I was always really, you know, keen on, um, as I said, exploring the financial field. So before heading to college, I decided to take a year off. And uh, actually, which is quite rare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very yeah. rare in India. And you know, my parents have always been extremely supportive. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to do that because I said that you know I need some time away from the classroom and away from sort of studying to actually discover what the market looked like. So I started to intern with a microfinance institution, and because I was um, 16 or 17, it was very difficult for me to ask people questions, right? Because they just didn't yeah. want to answer. So I think, um, you know, at that time, it was just before the microfinance crisis that happened in India. Mm. So, you know, even though I was young, uh, the fact that, you know, when you get out in the field and start talking to people, you, you're, you're able to realize that there are a lot of gaps in the market that maybe the you know, media is not talking about or, or that, you know, institutions are not talking about. So I really wanted to bring out the story of the borrowers mm. and be able to bring out some of these very, very important systemic problems. Great. So what like what were you like as a child? Like what did you want to like what did you vision yourself to be when you were a kid? So um, interestingly, um, I always, always thought of myself as wanting to do something entrepreneurial. You know, I remember very vividly this moment where I was on a road trip with my parents. I was like eight or nine looking out the car, uh, you know, looking at the Indian countryside, sort of visiting a few towns and cities along the way. And just thinking to myself as a young child that, you know, I wanted to figure out something that I could, you know, I could sort of create an impact with on a very large scale. So I looked at those people and I was like, what, what is it that I can build? So how did that, can... that thought come into it? Like the fact that you wanted to have an, like a large scale impact, like what was that something that stemmed? I think there was there was always that you know my my mom tells me this of course because she remembers more than I do, <laughs> but she told me that I've always I was very sensitive as a child so you know seeing the kind of disparities that I did, mm. whether it is with domestic help at home or you know just looking at people on the streets, yeah. in India where you know you're really comfortable in mm. your home and you you have access to all the privilege in the world, yeah. I think sometimes that makes you question even when you're younger it makes yeah. you question why you know things exist the way they do. Um, so, so I think all my life, literally, you know, since I, when I was younger to, to now, uh, I, I continue to ask myself the same question. And, and the second thing is that I've grown up in a very entrepreneurial household. So, you know, having seen my dad and my mom and everybody around me sort of wanting to take action 
um, to solve problems, you know, seeing them sort of, you know, hustle and get out there and solve for these problems. I think um, that sort of like really pushed me into wanting to, you know, take action for myself and not just sit and question and sort of observe. So, um, so that's the reason that, you know, everything that I've done throughout school, throughout sort of college has been, you know, on that theme, has been along that path. So let me ask another question. How has that influenced you into maybe the way you run your company or the fact that you wanted to go down this entrepreneurial path? Right. Um, I think that just, as I said, looking at my parents build things from scratch and, you know, sort of scale it up to the extent that they have, um, it gave me a lot of courage um, and it gave me the belief that, you know, if you sort of believed in something strongly enough mm. and you really worked hard for it and you were smart about it, you know, you could actually accomplish big things. And so uh, that's the message that I got from, you know, dinner table sort of conversations, right? Um, the other thing is that I feel like I also was able to get that risk appetite from my dad, you know, because my dad has always been that kind of person who, um, of course, sort of like thought through his decisions, but at the same time, you know, Taking really, he, yeah, he, he sort of jumped into what he wanted to do, mm. right? Um, he, he didn't sort of be, he so wasn't ever blood, bought essentially. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is, you know, and, and my yeah. brother is similar and, yeah. um, you know, we're just all extremely entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we stand today, my dad at like, you know, 60 is starting up um, an entirely new venture. My, my brother and mom yeah. are doing their own ventures. So I just feel like, you know, it's, it's that energy that we all love. You know, that, that entire sort of like, even though it's uncertain, even though things are sort of like keep going up and down, we absolutely love that energy. We love the idea of sort of like going out and building something. Yeah. Great. Um, so then this leads on well to the next question is that, do you think that um, someone needs to be like the inherently, the entrepreneurial zeal, if you say, is it inherent or is it something that you think can be taught or learned through experience? What is your thought process on that? I think that, you know, um, it really does depend a lot on the environment that you're brought up in. It mm -hmm. sort of like ties in with what I was saying, yeah. which is that, you know, if you've been in a household which has always either sort of encouraged risk in some fashion or, you know, you've seen your parents being able to get out there and have that grit to, you know, be sort of taking on risky projects, etc then um, you feel like you have that belief, you have the convic conviction, right. right? So I think that a lot of it has to do with your upbringing because I've met a lot of really, really smart, interesting people who could have become entrepreneurs, but you know, they may not have the risk appetite because they believe that it's important to stay on a you know, particular career path, um, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it really has a lot to do with um, how your parents sort of have brought you up, um, what school taught you, you know. So you said like these, individuals that you might have met yeah. they might be a great they could potentially be a great entrepreneur but because yeah. inherently they might not have the the maybe they're either too scared to go out there yeah. or maybe they think they can't do it so it's their inherent fear would you say or I, like is I it think that you know I have seen that quite a bit um, where Either they have seen people around them uh, be very successful on mm. a conventional path mm -hmm. um, and, you know, want stability, etc. Or they've seen people around them uh, not succeed on the entrepreneurial path and have that, you know, fear instilled in them. Um, so I think that that does have a lot to do with, you know, whether you want to sort of get on this journey or not. 
Um, and I think that some of the other things like, you know, how do you build a great team? How do you build a great business? How do you scale? How do you look at unit economics, etc.? I think those are things that can be taught. So, so a lot of it really does have to do with, you know, what the first 20 years of your life have looked like, right? Mm. Um. Interesting. Great. So um, now that you've been a founder for a few years and have gone through the ups and downs, like looking back, were there any instances, experience that you're glad that you went through? Um, that that has shaped you essentially completely. So I think that I've just like I said, uh, I have always been a little bit of a rebel growing up. So I always wanted to do things very differently from how everybody else was doing it. So whether that meant you know picking the kind of courses I did, uh, meant sort of you know moving schools, wanted to do the IB program versus the national board, uh, you know taking the gap year, uh, going to college, and then also at college picking very specific sort of, you know, um, things to do, picking very sort of uh, specific organizations to start, uh, you know, places to travel to. I think every single decision that I've made, honestly, has made me who I am, right? And uh, along the way, uh, some of the tough decisions that I did take and some of the sort of maybe, so to say, unconventional decisions I took uh, brought with it a lot of challenges, right? Um, so something as little as even doing like you know a course that typically people do in year three or year four um, the first time that you get on American soil I think I think even that um, has been extremely challenging I think what what that has really taught me has is that once you you know take a decision then you really have to stick with it mm. you have to embrace what you chose right yeah. and, and and that has what has really helped me um, today because the idea is that you know I, I've sort of accepted it took me some time initially, of course, but I accepted the fact that this is like a minimum 10-year journey, right? When you start a company, it takes time for you right. to actually build everything up. So I think that now I'm very, very comfortable with my choices because I've been through those tough moments already. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and literally, like I said, like every decision that I've taken since I was yeah. younger. That's great. So now that we've explored a bit about what has shaped you, your thinking as a kid, so let's come back to the present. Um, so since building a company entails working with others, especially your co-founder, what would you say are some of the most important factors for a healthy partnership while building a business, either with a co-founder as well as like your initial team that you're building? Yeah, so um, the one thing that I learned through all of my partnerships, even um, in college or you know school or whatever, was that, and some of them were really great, some of them you know turned out to be terrible, um, and you know what what I learned through it is that the one thing that I always wanted to make sure uh, my co-founder or future sort of any work partner had was that we shared similar values and and the great thing about you know my working with my current co-founder is that we have been brought up with some of those you know similar values right so to us like our friendship to us like you know just that sort of respect for each other the respect for our teams I think that sort of the respect for our customers, respect for our investors, I think all of that matters so much more than anything else. Um, so that has really, really helped us through the entire journey. Um, the other thing is that I think that it's really important to have very clear expectations um, you know, from each other. So as long as you understand you know, what each of you is sort of contributing to the business um, you know, and how, how that will contribute to the results eventually, uh, being accountable to each other, I think that's uh, been really, really important in our journey as well. And I think tying into my first point, even with the team, um, what we have made sure of is that we're extremely, extremely 
careful about the culture and we have been since day one. Mm. So I make sure that you know I'm spending a lot of time with any person that we're about to onboard on the team and you know that that person is basically sort of contributing to the same cultural values that we have. Um, and that has sort of you know really really helped us because during your like worst times you know companies always face like really yeah. really tough conditions. Yeah. So I think having that set of people that, that believe equally in the mission and you know that have that same set of values that can drive them you know finally towards their to, towards the goal i think that's extremely important so that kind of ties into the next point of like how do you think how important do you think having a support system around you and um, like professionally as well as personally and what have been your support systems that have enhanced your journey so far yeah um, so it's extremely important, honestly, being a founder is one yeah. of the toughest jobs in the world, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's really, really difficult and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, what ends up happening is that you sometimes feel very lonely at the top mm -hmm. because you can't, uh, even if you're going through something, you know, you can't sort of let your team know about it. Sometimes right. you don't even want to tell your parents because you don't want to stress them out, right? Yeah. So I think that for me personally, my network of friends and my sort of really close circle who I can talk to about anything has been um, extremely crucial. Uh, you know, having some time off every now and then, uh, some time to myself, some time to self-reflect and do all of those things has been extremely important, right? It's helped me sort of completely avoid burnout. It's helped me to keep going because, you know, like everybody keeps saying, it's a marathon. So you yeah. really have to take care of yourself. You have to sort of be able to express yourself at least mm -hmm. to, you know, a certain set of people. And even professionally, um, it's, I think, extremely important to try to identify mentors early on. You know, so I have had those mentors in different fields, in different ways. Um, and I think being able to talk to them very openly about your problems, having that guidance from them, people who've had 20, 30 years of experience in their field, right? Like that's ex immensely valuable. Yeah. So even though you may have completely different you opinions can learn from, from them, their mistakes. Yeah, you yeah. can learn so much. And it really sort of helps you, you know, figure out things much more quickly than if you were to figure them out on your own, own. Exactly. on your own yeah exactly yeah. so so i think it's extremely important to identify that network as early as possible mm. and, and constantly any way along the way sort of look out for these kind of people because it's pretty rare to find people so when who you can say identify these networks has it been a uh, a natural progression or has have you sought them out like how do you think how, what has worked for you so I think that most of it is honestly serendipity, but like serendipity is when you actually, you know, get on that path yeah. um, towards sort of trying to build something strong, right? So I think along the way, uh, I have personally naturally been able to sort of meet a lot of these people, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, yeah, you end up sort of um, looking out for these people and, you know, reaching out to them yourself as well. So the one thing that I found, um, the one thing that I've realized is that you know people um, are extremely open to actually helping you mm. if you if you sort of just reach out. So I think rather than sort of being you know scared about reaching out to people or cold calling or cold emailing and things like that, if you're genuine about what you want to do mm. and if there is a the right fit, then there are so many people out there who are willing to help you. That's a very valid point because people are so scared of reaching out, yeah. like just because they think, oh, what if they say no? But the point is that. 
what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. They'll just say no, or they won't reply to Absolutely. you. But that's it. No, no totally, totally. Yeah. And, and I think that it leads you to so many interesting discoveries, yeah. you know, and, and that's exactly what I've done. So since day one, the one thing that has been great is that I've just never been afraid to sort of approach people. Mm. Like literally, I will not know them at all from anywhere. <laughs> and uh, I've ended up sort of forming some of the most amazing partnerships, yeah. um, you know, finding the best sort of team members through those, through that sort of, you know, approach. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. So um, when you're at the forefront of company, when you're running a company, you have to constantly keep on learning and being at the forefront of what's relevant and what's not relevant and how to evolve. So what is your process um, or do you have like, what do you usually do to make sure that you're always at the forefront of your either industry trends, technology, your customer needs, is there anything? Yeah, so uh, I think that particularly at an early stage startup and we are at an early stage, um, founders tend to be very involved in everything, mm -hmm. right? So. Uh, my my thing is that I'm you know essentially working day in and day out with all of my teams right so whether it is um, brainstorming with the product team and understanding what people are doing in the market um, exploring different products global and Indian um, or you know being out there with customers uh, not only to sort of sell the software and the technology etc but also really working with you know your customer relationship team your support you know staff and really understanding constantly um, mm. what problems customers are facing, mm. going out and actually, uh, you know, most times sort of solving some of those problems yourself. I think just having that level of involvement um, has been really great because every single day I'm coming up with new ideas, every right. single day, you know, there's new insights, there are new dots to connect. Right. So I think just, you know, as long as you're constantly sort of hustling, you're out there in the field, you're sort of balancing time between you know, being out there and sort of talking to customers and the industry people, etc., yeah. as well as like, you know, spending time with your team. I think that balance is really important yeah. because there's so many, you know, different perspectives. Um, so, so that's what sort of, you know, helped me be at the forefront of what we're doing and how we can yeah. sort of build like, you know, a five-year vision. Um, so as you evolve and as you get bigger like how do you see that changing because as your team increases because yeah. you have a lot more to do yeah right? no I think that that's a great question and and it's difficult to scale that level of involvement yeah. but I think that what's really important is um, to be able to hire people mm -hmm. who are of course who have experience in the field but also like I said earlier hire people who are on the same page as mm -hmm. you with respect to the mission and with respect to values um, even if they have like completely different sort of you know ways of looking at the industry, right. which is great because you've got healthy debate going on, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think as long as you've got like soldiers out there who like you know work in the same sort of fashion yeah. as you, um, you will always be able to you know have some influence on the team and be able to learn. So yeah. so it's possible. It's difficult, but you, you need have to that be balance. Careful. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So how would you say um, you've grown? professionally as well as personally throughout your entrepreneurial journey as such over the last few years? Like yeah, um, so I've grown immensely. I can't even <laughs> like begin to describe. Uh, sometimes people joke about the fact that I am a case study and how quickly <laughs> I have changed, right? Um, I can so, attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You've known me, right, for a while. Um, so I think that, you know, personally, of course, there has been, I've built up a lot of great, a lot of patience. Um, and initially, of course, uh, when I was just starting out, I used to be bothered by um, maybe even small things, right, that, that happen every day, setbacks, etc. 
But now I feel like I am so thick-skinned. It's like, you know, send anything my way and I'll deal mm. with it. And I'll deal with it pretty quickly. Mm. So I think that, you know, that is amazing because I feel like anything that I do in my life now mm. is just gonna not seem, uh, you know, difficult. It's not gonna seem like something that I can't do. Right. So I think that is incredible. That's an that's incredible gift. That's a great gift. quality, yeah. That's a great quality. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'm, I'm very, very sort of privileged to be an entrepreneur, I feel like, you know, because you you're able to do this. So you say you've um, actually developed this over time. Like, what do you think has led to the development of this? I think it's just sort of like constantly being hit in the face, like being punched, <laughs> right? Because like, you're just like, you're yeah. falling over and over again and you yeah. have to keep getting up because nobody's gonna like be around to do it for you. Yeah. Nobody's around there, right? Um, if you wanna be able to make this successful, you have to sort of pull yourself up and keep going. So I think. So what um, makes you keep? It's the experiences, right? you know. It's yeah. the experiences, and what what makes me keep going is, of course, the mission. It's it's the fact that um, people call me missionary founder. <laughs> so you know, it's the fact that like I I really want to be able to sort of like do something very meaningful, um, not even like just today, but like in the next twenty years. Yeah. So I think that I've got that long term vision, which means that I no matter what happens, I'm gonna just keep going, and keep doing this. Right? Um, yeah. And and the second thing is, I think. Uh, professionally also, it's it, I've of course I didn't have any experience um, before coming into the field, right? So I I hadn't done like full blown jobs, I had never run a company before. So I think that there's so many skills along the way that you have to learn, right? Like you said, there's so many things that you have to keep in uh, mind. So yeah. this brings uh, brings on a huge set of ambiguity into yeah. whatever you're trying to do. So how yeah. does that, like, how do you deal with that on a daily basis? Yeah. So I think that as long as you accept the fact that if you are an entrepreneur and you're trying to build something new, um, there's always going to be ambiguity. But the way to tackle it that I've learned is is purely by rapid experimentation. Right, so if there is an unknown, if there is a gap, you know, either you sort of go out there and find out whatever you need to find out um, as quickly as you can, or if there's something that nobody might be able to tell you, and only rapid experimentation can. And not be afraid to fail, essentially. Oh, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, did you expect to be where you are now? Did, I mean, in terms, obviously, because entrepreneurial journey has its ups and downs. So. Mm. How did that, like, what was your anticipation, your expectations to what the reality is and how do you, like, deal with that? Right. <laughs> no, so I think that the biggest um, surprise, particularly in the Indian context, because I had just come back from the US mm. and the way people work here is just so different, right? And um, and I feel like the pace at which things move yeah. um, is, is much, much slower than what I had expected it to be. Um, particularly in the BFSI industry, what I realized is that there continue to be a lot of dependencies, right? Especially when you're working with banks. Um, and a lot of these institutions that you work with do not have the same agility and culture as you do. Right. So, um, so I think that it's extremely important to pick your battles, but once you've picked them, to be able Stick to adapt, there. right? Um, because it's not, it's not fair for you to expect people around you, you know, to work exactly the way that you're working. Mm. Right, so I think um, it's really important for you to absorb some of those cultural elements. So would you say it's more of an experience game where you just have to keep learning, keep looking out for the patterns when you interact? There's no other way, honestly. Yeah. Like the, the best way to learn is literally to go th to experience it, to yeah. go through it. And, and the faster that you sort of like, you know, learn and adapt, the, the better for you. 
if you take way too long to adapt and if you become way too sort of you know um, cozy with your ideas mm -hmm. you know right I, I think that's that's very difficult. So how do you stop yourself from becoming cozy like you said or yeah. complacent like because you always have to keep on looking at the next. It's it's basically so. you know honestly it's very simple it's do or die. Yeah. So if you don't adapt and if you don't move fast enough then mm. then you might as well not be here. Mm. So you know that's that's essentially I think that's one of the defining traits that any entrepreneur needs to have which is that if something is not working out or if you if you have been wrong then you have to be um, you know humble enough flexible enough to accept that you have been and you have to sort of take that decision very quickly. I have a few fun questions just yeah, to wrap sure. up. So if not an entrepreneur what would you be? Um, I think who would be an artist or a designer? I yeah. love uh, you know creative endeavors. I'd be a filmmaker probably. Yeah. That's why I shot that documentary. I want to sometime get back to it actually. Yeah. Um, so so I think that hopefully someday when I'm on a sabbatical or maybe <laughs> if I ever retire. When you uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it ever happens, then I want to be able to I think make some films and do some creative. So what work. would your films be on? Do you have any? Um, I honestly think that they might actually be docu-series and short films on like just what's going going yeah. on around. So I just, I feel like that instinct is just never going to go, yeah. you know, of being able to like see how you can make change. So I think a lot of it is just going to be like maybe social films and documentaries. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much Priyanka for um, letting me interview on this, um, mm. on the Founders podcast series. Thank you so much. That's yeah. like a really, really interesting set of questions and, and good luck with you know, all of so your much. future interviews. <laughs> this is great.